Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just call the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. You will find this show on page one of that website, and there are over 90 pages, over 1,700 live shows on Blog Talk Radio at this hour, and you will find this show on page one. Didn't God, didn't God good? Oh, yes, he is. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or my guest speakers on this broadcast, just send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, open up your Bibles and stand along with us here on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my special guest speaker, C.W. Barris, and my co-host, Isa Mullins, as they break into our listeners the bread of life. We pray that you will continue to bless their families that support their efforts that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will be with our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us in love with us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. In the first segment of the broadcast, my special guest speaker is C.W. Burris. He serves with the Wolfland Boulevard Church of Christ there in Dallas, Texas. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And we will not have a, a guest in my community corner segment tonight. So my co-host, Isa Mullins from the Church of Christ here in Cary, North Carolina, he'll be closing out the show as he makes his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice here will be that of my special guest speaker. C.W. Barris. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. It ain't easy. No, 
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, C.W. Barris. Greetings, greetings from Dallas, Texas. My family and my friends. This evening I called your attention to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verses 20 through 22. And the Bible says, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparer, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, the like figure were unto even baptism, does also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and power being made subject unto him. Family and friends, I want to put a tag on that text. And just for a few brief, precious minutes of your time, use as a subject from which to speak the church and the old ship of Zion and how the two compares. The church and the old ship of Zion and how the two compares. It was 1977 that Conrad Cook penned the beautiful words to the song, Is That the Old Ship of Zion? A song that tells the story of a man standing on a riverbank, looking out and seeing the old ship of Zion sailing in yonder for distance. And as he strains his eyes to make out the ship, he realizes that the old ship's hull was bent and battered. He goes on to describe the scene. He said, waves were rough, but that old ship was kept on, it just kept on sailing. And he says, is that the old ship of Zion that I see in yonder sailing by. What a beautiful image of the Lord's church. Surely through the ages, the church has been bent and has been battered. She has had to endure many a storm and a multitude of attacks and will do so unto the Lord returns and overcomes. Revelation 17 and 14. God's ark that say Noah and his family has often been likened to the church, the old ship of Zion. And just like the ark saved Noah and his family, 
faithful membership in the Lord's church will also save you, and it will save me. In the book of Psalms, we read, he founded it upon the sea and established it upon the flood. Psalms 24 and 2. The first is a beautiful description of the old ship of Zion, which refers to the church that Jesus established when he walked upon this earth. And just like a ship, the church of Christ is designed to carry us through the storms of life. It is a place of refuge, a place of safety and of comfort. And no matter what difficulties we face in life, we can find solace in the arms of Jesus and in the arms of our fellow believers and in the promises of God. However, just like the ship, Church of Christ requires constant maintenance. And we must always be vigilant in our faith in making sure that our beliefs are well grounded in the truth of the scriptures. We must always make sure that our actions align with the teachings of Jesus Christ, treating others with love and compassion. In the book of Hebrews, we read, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. This verse reminds us that we must remain steadfast in our faith, even in the faith and the company of adversity. And as we navigate these waters, these treacherous waters of life, we can take comfort and solace in the fact that we are not alone. But Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Church of Christ is a community of like believers that are united in his love for God and for one another. We learn or we lean on our brothers and sisters in Christ knowing that they will be there to support us and in our time of need. And if nobody stands with us, we know that Jesus will always be there. For he says, Lo, I'm with you, even unto the end of the world. On one occasion in Acts 27 and 31, when the centurion and the Roman soldiers had arrested the apostle Paul and they were out on the ship sailing to Rome for Paul to stand trial before Caesar. And while sailing, they encountered a terrible storm. And that old ship of Zion began to reel and to rock and to rock and to reel. And those soldiers have been doing all that they could do to save themselves and the ship began to secretly conspire among themselves to let down the lifeboats, intentionally getting ready to desert the ship in order to save themselves. The apostle Paul knew what they were doing, and he told the centurion and those soldiers, he said, except you abide in the ship, 
You cannot be saved. And if you don't get in and stay in this old ship, you cannot be saved. It has been said repeatedly that the Old Testament is the New Testament. Concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And there are many similarities between Noah's Ark and Christ's church, and some of which are great tools to use to talk with those who believe strictly in denominationalism. And let's examine a few of these similarities. First, we find there was only one ark. And there is only one church. And that church was found in Matthew 16 and 18. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Also, the apostle Paul specifically states that there is one church or one body. When he is talking about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, in the bond of peace, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 4. Paul states that there is one body. So we can conclude that there is only one church. And seeing that that body is the church and the church is the body. Colossians 1, 18. Many do not accept this. And they believe that everybody is going to the same place, even though separated by different beliefs and different doctrines. But look at the example of Noah. He could have tried to find his own way of saving himself and his family. Or he could have asked God if there was another way of being saved. The fact of the matter is that he didn't because he believed that when God told him exactly how to build that ark and how that ark would save he and his family. He understood that the ark was the only way he could be saved. And secondly, we find that the ark only had one door. Genesis 6 and verse 16. The church of Christ has only one door. It has only one entryway. The door or the way of the entry is Christ Jesus. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pastor. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. It tells us that we must enter through the door which is Christ. For the Bible says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. We find that we must be baptized to come into Christ and to put Christ on. And therefore, if we are not baptized, we cannot enter in through the door. And Jesus says, if we come in any other way, we come in as a thief and as a robber. And if we are outside of Christ, we remain outside of Christ outside his body, and outside of the will of God. Thirdly, thirdly, I say, the ark had only one window. It had only one source of light. The church also 
There's only one light source, a one source of authority for those who are members of the church to live by. And that one light source is the word of God. Second Timothy 3.16 states that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is possible for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished to every good work. The Holy Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. And is also able to make that the man of God is complete. Why should we need something other than the Holy Word? Why do we need something other than the Holy Scriptures to look to for guidance. The fact is, we don't and shouldn't have anything else to do with doctrine outside of Christ. But Paul told the Galatians in Galatians 1 and 8, but even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And this should be also a warning to us that we should not follow anything but the word of God. Yet men today want to have their own creeds and their own books and their own pamphlets and their own doctrines. And they can run so they can run their church as they see fit. And we can call it their church simply because it comes from a doctrine of men and not of Christ. And therefore, if we look to the New Testament for our only source of authority, for the way of the church is ran, then the church will be Christ's church. And we will have God since we're able to abide in the doctrine of Christ. And the Bible says, whosoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. And he who abided in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Second John 2 and verse number 9. Finally, in number 4, we find that the ark contains only the saved, and only those in the ark were saved. And therefore, all those who were outside the ark were lost, Genesis 7, verses 17 through 22. And like the ark, the church contains the saved, Acts 2 and 47. Therefore, those outside the church are lost, just like those who are not in the ark. And many wants to believe that if we simply live a good life, that we take care of our families and, and keep ourselves from worldly things that, that we'll make it in to see the Lord. The fact of the matter is that we cannot be in a saved situation if we are not members of Christ's church. And if we are not saved, we have no hope of heaven. And therefore, we will be eternally lost, just like all of those who did not enter the ark. Yes, friends, the all ship of Zion is a powerful metaphor for the church of Christ. 
And just like the ship, the church is designed to carry us through the storms of life. And in my conclusion, as I close, I close with the excerpts from the old Negro spiritual that we sing and have sung for hundreds of years. It is the old ship of value. It is the old ship of value. Here's the old ship of Zion. Get on board. Get on board. Get on board. Get on board. In that old ship of Zion, we don't have to worry about being robbed or being hijacked because there's no danger. In God's water, there is no danger in God's water. If I were you, I would get on board. I would get on board, and I would get on board before it's everlastingly and eternally too late. The old ship of Zion, let me tell you, my friends and my loved ones, she has landed many a thousand, and she has landed many a thousand. If I were you, I'd get on board. I'd get on board. You know they said that the Titanic was an unsinkable ship, but while the captain was away from his place of duty, and the more experienced people were in charge of the ship, the Titanic ran into an iceberg head-on, and that unsinkable ship, it began to sink, and it sunk, and it sunk. And many lost their lives who were on the Titanic. But let me tell you, on this old ship of Zion, the Church of Christ, you don't have to worry about the old ship, because King Jesus is our captain. King Jesus is the captain. If I were you, if I were you, I'd get on board. I would get on board today while the blood runs warmly in your veins. And somebody may ask preacher, told us about the ship and that same, that savior of the ship is God, is the master himself. And how can I get on board? Well, I'm glad to ask. You can get on board by hearing the gospel. Romans 10 and 17, Acts 9 and 6. By believing the gospel. Hebrews 11 and 6, Mark 16 and 16. Then repent of your sin. Luke 13 and 3 and Acts 17 and 30. Then you're ready to confess Christ to be the Son of God. Matthew 10, 32 and 10 and 33. Romans 10 and 9 and 10, Acts 8, 37. And if you've done these four things, then you're ready to be baptized. Matthew 28 and 19, Mark 16, 15 and 16, Colossians 2 and 12, Galatians 3, 26, Acts 22, 16. Peter asked the question, now why perish thou? 
rise and be baptized. Wash away your sin. Call him on the name of the Lord. And baptism, ladies and gentlemen, will place you into Christ, into the body of baptized believers, and into his church. And there you can serve him and live faithfully until you're called from labor to your reward. Hebrews 5 and 9 and Matthew 7, 21. Let us hold fast to our profession and lean on our fellow believers as we journey from this old feeble place called earth to that of our reward in heaven. Get on the old ship. And I promise you, it will take you, if you live faithful, it will take you on home one day to live with Christ's faith. And on that day, all will be well with our souls. You ought to give God the glory and give God all the glory. And may God bless you. And may he bless you all. And may he bless you real good. This is our prayer, and this is our earnest plea in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And now all I can do is commend you to God and to the words of his grace, which are able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen and amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I know, Lord, I know the Lord. You'll take care. You'll take care. Take care of me. Oh, yeah. Yes, he will. I know the Call on you and you step in right on time. Oh, yeah. I know the Lord. Lord. He'll take care. He'll take care. Take care of me. Oh, yeah. When Lord, I'm trying (laughs) every day (laughs) to walk in the right way. Thank you. 
Samir. Won't you tell him how he took care of you? Sometimes I gain all by mistake. Lord, I don't know. Just don't know what to do. I start to look back over my life. And in your word, I know you'll see me through. It's right. All that I mean. I don't know. It just can't seem that I can't win. I know the Lord. Yes, you'll take care. Yes, take care of me. Not long ago, when it seemed like I lost everything but my mind, and a new friend, a friend I could call on, in a late midnight hour, so I called on the Lord, and let me tell you what I found out. Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation. And what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday, I'm hosting a live show, What a Working Lord Radio Show. This show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. On the second Tuesday of the month, we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ. We'll be making their proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And also, we have the Community Corner segment for small business owners and entrepreneurs. And I have two co-hosts on that show, Lou Gilbert, who's an evangelist of the Park Church of Christ in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins, who serves the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. Then on Thursday, I'm sorry, then the third Tuesday of the month, 
7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. My co-host, Dr. Antherica Lane, she's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist, and she serves with the Great Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. She'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, my co-host, Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she'll be hosting the Kelly Fletcher Show. Then on Thursday evening each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And I have seven co-hosts on that show, Clay Phillips, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cordo, Robert Lee Johnson, and Glenn McMillian, Courtney Carruthers, and Brian Christian Coleman. And these gentlemen will be presenting lessons from the Word of God. And each week I have two of my co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out that I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. Then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show with Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And this show is the 2022 recipient for the NACAMA National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. And this show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest Acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. We're also interviewing artists, producers, writers, etc. We're also debuting new music and featuring old music on this show as well. And every third Friday of the month, I have my top 20 countdown show. And we also have on-demand episodes where we give you your favorite podcast from. Let's go to the various musical platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And we also have recorded version shows. These shows or album debuts mostly, and I use the same playlist for these shows on Blog Talk Radio. And these shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. They're done in beta hi-fi, so the sound quality is excellent. Just search for Stevie B's recorded version shows. And we also want to thank our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you'd like to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marshall from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. My co-host, Isa Mullins, is up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. And if you miss me from singing, singing. and you can't find me nowhere, nowhere. Come on up to glory. glory. I'll be singing the faith. Yes, I will. And I, I know the Lord. He will greet me. Over yonder. Over on the other shore.
can't, you can't find me nowhere. nowhere. Come on up to glory. glory. I'll be singing the faith. Yes, I will. And I, I, I know the Lord. He will What a word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Isom Mullins. Our heart's desires must face the winds of doubt Expecting things from above and wanting now Seeking first the kingdom of God And all these things will be added unto you Down the narrow way and 
to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, Isom Mullins. Okay, let's try this again. Can you, can you hear me? All right. This evening, I want to present a topic that not just Christians need to explore, but the whole entire United States of America as a whole needs very much to digest and to manifest this evening. Brothers and sisters, my subject is love, patience, and purpose. Just the one word love has the power and the ability to tear down all kinds of walls that we have erected in our minds and in our hearts. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13 says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Patience purifies faith. It leads to perfection. And patience is your ability to wait. And not just wait only, but to be calm while you wait. The word purpose is a most important word. Purpose is what drives you, what causes you to focus. Your purpose is your very cause for living. A man or a woman without purpose is a leaf blowing in the wind. No direction and no destination. Whatever elements are moving them at the present time is in control. Their attitude, their goals, their very being lacking dedication and direction. Love, patience, and purpose. Let us first delve into love. This evening, I'm going to start this off by telling you about your love, and then we will get into what God's love is. Your love is based upon whom you serve right now, today. Let me make this as plain as I possibly can. Knowingly or unknowingly, we take on the traits and beliefs of whomever we directly serve every day. 1 John 4 and 12 reads that no man has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. That one scripture opens up so many eyes of understanding, and if I can make you feel that love, that kindness, that genuineness, that when you come to church, that can I lay aside my problems and my issues and shake your hand or give you a hug and greet you so that you realize how good the love of God dwells in me. Can I have eyes that see that you need more than a word? Maybe you need some groceries or maybe you need help with a bill. So many times people ask how you are doing, and when you tell them what's wrong, they say to you, God will fix it 
and walk smooth off? Am I connected to you in a way that I can empathize with your pain and cry with you or walk with you until you can walk by yourself? My brothers and sisters, sometimes all we need is for someone just to care just a little bit. Some of us are having a hard time with loving because of pain that you haven't yet let go. Others are afraid that if you reach out to love that you might get hurt or betrayed once again. First John chapter 4, 16 through 21 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or hates his sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Stevie Wonder came out in the 90s with a song called Part-Time Lover, and that song exemplifies how we sometimes love each other. I don't need someone to love me part-time. I need a full-time love because I have 3 a.m. problems, and sometimes I have midnight problems, and 4 a.m. problems, and a part-time love isn't going to get the job done to love me when I need them. I need someone sometimes to remind me that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalms 30 and 5 says, I I need a full-time love that will tell me, be patient. God waits until he reaps his harvest. Be patient, for you know who has said, behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. If you are never so wretched now, remember a few more rolling suns that most be on fair Canaan's coast. Thy head may be crowned with thorny troubles now, but it shall wear a starry crown before long. Thy hand may be filled with cares, it shall sweep the strings of the harp of heaven soon. Thy garments may be soared with dust now, they shall be white by and by. Wait a little longer, how despicable our troubles and trials will seem. When we look back upon them, brothers and sisters, we will be leaving them all down here because he told me that he will wipe all tears away. Looking at them here in the prospect, they seem immense, they seem huge, insurmountable, but when we get to heaven, we shall then sit down and talk about how we made it over. That's the kind of full-time love we need, amen? Our love these days is fraught with boundaries, quid pro quos, and limitations. 
A lot of us are riding with our hand on the parking brake. As soon as someone crosses the line and the parking brake gets pulled up, and as soon as someone talks about you behind your back, we don't go to them in love. We pull on that old parking brake. Somebody didn't shake your hand and you forgot. You didn't even put your hand out, but we reach for the parking brake. We catch our fellow brothers and sisters in a sin, and instead of restoring them in love or talking to them in kindness of finding someone more spiritual than us, we pull that old parking brake. A church member refused to tell you who they voted for. Is there anyone on the line this evening that is glad that God never pulled the parking brake on us? We are so very quick to point out the faults of others and then walk away from each other, and we have the nerve to sing just a closer walk with thee, and precious Jesus, hold my hand. I tell you this evening, let go of that parking brake. My brothers and my sisters, you aren't loving me just because it's the right thing to do. You are loving me because in order for the spirit of the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, you must have a loving and an open heart. Matthew six fourteen through 15 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. John thirteen thirty four says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. My brothers and sisters, this evening, the very act of loving shows the world who we are. John 13 and 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Wearing a name tag that shows what church you attend won't do it. Or spending $10 on a church t-shirt won't do it. People know who you are because of how you love them. Ephesians chapter 4, 32 says to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I am a Christian. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not shouting I am saved. I'm whispering I get lost. That is why I chose this way. When I say I am a Christian, I don't speak of this with pride. I'm confessing that I stumble, and I need someone to be my guide. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not trying to be strong. I'm professing that I'm weak and pray for strength to carry on. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not bragging of success. I'm admitting I have failed and can never, ever pay the debt. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not claiming to be perfect. My flaws are too visible, but God believes I'm worth it. When I say I am a Christian, I still feel the sting of pain. I have my share of heartaches, which is why I seek his name. When I say I am a Christian, I do not wish to judge. I have no authority. I only know that I'm love. Maya Angelou. God absolutely loves you. It's hard to get our minds around this fact, but it is true. This is where the faith journey starts. 
understanding that God loves you. If you do not have an assurance of God's love, your faith journey will not last too long. Fortunately, reading the Bible can help to strengthen your faith in God's love. There is no force more powerful than the love our Heavenly Father has for us, his children. His love can move mountains, stop the roaring seas, and heals broken bones and wounded hearts, and transform lives, and set free those held captive by sin and captive by shame. Patience. Anybody that really knows me personally knows that that is my Achilles heel. I hate long lines. I, I can't stand long-winded people. I don't even like long, winding roads. I remember the day our family first got a microwave way back in the 80s, and we watched the popcorn pop like it was a movie. I knew right then that life was going to be all right. But as I as I grew up, I got a little bit older, I started to notice the difference between my grandmother's cake that took all day to prepare and bake and that frozen cake that my good friend Mary Callender's made for me. There was no comparison, and there still isn't any comparison. That chicken and dumpling the grandmother cooked slow until I thought I would actually faint from hunger to Stouffer's frozen, ready-made microwave meal of the same makes me want to burn down that whole aisle in the grocery store. Young men and young women looking for a mate, and you want to keep that mate, first let the Lord bring them to you. But in the meantime, learn how to take a pot and a pan and some butter and some heat and learn how to make somebody something to eat. Can I get an amen this evening? Now, I need to talk about someone who was associated with pain and prosperity and faithfulness, but not too much is said about his patience. My brothers and sisters, let's turn over to Job chapter 1. Job 1 and 1 says, there was a man in the land of Uz, Uz and whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. First, I need to expound upon the fact that he was blameless and upright. That means that he walked according to God's principles, and as we talked about before, he loved others like God loved him. We like to say, why me, when problems come our way, or we say, what did we do to deserve the problems that we now face? But Job, in the middle of serving and doing what God wanted him to do, being a Christian father, a Christian husband and a good friend and a dedicated father, follower, there was a meeting taking place that was getting ready to test not only his faith and faithfulness, but it was going to test his patience. John 1, 6-7 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Let me just say something right here, my brothers and sisters. Did you realize that Satan is currently still walking around? First Peter chapter 5 and 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Those aren't my words, but God's words. 
Please know that he is walking and watching and talking. Some of us spoke to him today and didn't even know it. Felt like a great conversation. But extremely, be extremely careful who you tell your business to and who you entertain. The Bible says we shall be known by our fruit. So look at the tree before you sit down under it. John chapter 1, Job, excuse me, Job chapter 1, 13 through 19. And there was a day when Job's sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job. And it said the oxes were plowing and the asses were feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I, only I, escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another. The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up all your sheep and the servants and consumed them. And only I escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon your camels and carried them all away, yea, and slain all the servants with the edge of the sword. And only I escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another said, Thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their elders' brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are all dead. And I only I escaped alone to tell thee. My brothers and sisters, tonight I really don't know about you, but I would have been done I would have had some questions, and I would have been unconsolable. I, I can't put it into proper words to describe how I would need to know where did I go wrong, and why did my family have to be destroyed, and why did I have to lose all of my wealth in the same hour? It would be too much for me to comprehend and to even maintain a coherent thought in my mind. But the Bible tells me in verse number 20, that in spite of losing all that he had, and he got up and tore his clothes and shaved his head, and then he fell down and worshipped the Lord. And then if we journey to chapter 2 and verse number, seven, verse number 7, Satan then took his health. And Job not only had to deal with the loss of his children and his money and his status, but now he had to deal with sickness in the midst of still being what God wanted him to be. And then in verse number 9, his wife comes to him, like some of us do when we see someone suffering. Instead of offering a kind word or a little bit of edification, we assume they did something wrong, and if it lasts too long, we figure God has given up on them. So maybe they should do the same. I'm going to tell you right now, in the middle of your dark night, your pain, your loneliness, your mistakes, as long as you have Jesus, you have enough, and everything will be all right. What Job went through wasn't just for his benefit, that God would restore him and give him more than what he had. It was for me, and it was for you, so that you would see that it's not just you. During this season of darkness in your life, I am begging you to hold on for one more minute, for one more hour, for one more day, 
for one more week, one more month. Can you just hold on for one more year? I have patience with the Almighty because help is on the way. Your salvation is at hand. Shall we have good and not bad? I challenge you while you are being patient, get up and roll up your sick mat and go help somebody. I guarantee that there is someone out there hurting that's at the end of their rope that just need a word of encouragement, a hot meal, or a ride to work, that you are better than this. You can do this. God believes in you, and this is only a test. It was never, ever about you and your pain. It was about going to the next level. Your steps are ordered, but you must get up and walk and do not sit down on the steps. The Bible tells me the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. So please, tonight, my brothers and my sisters, do not get stuck on the steps. Lastly, your purpose is to realize who you are. You are a child of the Most High. Galatians chapter 3, 26 through 29 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Has anyone ever struggled with self-doubt? Anyone on the line this evening, have you ever allowed the devil to rob you of your self-esteem? Has he ever beaten you down and has he ever worn you out? We all have those days. However, we do have a choice. God's word said that we are overcomers, but not just overcomers, but we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. It is a choice to walk in the overcoming power that Jesus' blood sacrifice provided for us. He was born, lived a sinless life, died, and was resurrected so that we could overcome the devil through his sacrifice. And just like salvation, overcoming is a choice. We can be saved by the blood of Jesus and believe we are going to heaven, but still not grasp how to overcome difficulties. That is not living the life that God planned for us. We are all going to have trials, and you are all going to have tribulation. These are both sent in our lives to strengthen our faith, to bring you closer to the Lord, not to defeat you. Jesus defeated the devil at the cross. He is a toothless, defeated foe. He comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10 and 10, to draw you away from God's best for your life. However, the devil cannot take one thing from you that you do not give him. God always provides a way out. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13, it is your choice to choose him and not your circumstance. You must tell him that you choose him and each and every circumstance. This is the key. And each and every circumstance, we must choose the Lord first. Speak life 
and to your circumstance, first and life will be. God is faithful, and when we speak life, life is speaking God's word into our situation, being positive, and death is agreeing with the devil's negativity in your situation. God's plan for us is always good and positive. Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says, verse number 19 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 7 says, You no longer have to live as a slave because you are a child of God. And since you are his child, God guarantees an inheritance is waiting for you. First John chapter 3 and verse number 9 says, Everyone who has been born into God's family avoids sin as a lifestyle because the genes of God's children come from God himself. Therefore, a child of God cannot live a life of persistent sin. First John 5 and 1 says, It's easy to say I love God, but genuine love reflects God's love. If we belong to God, then we will love each other regardless of how love regardless of how hard love is. Everyone who trusts Jesus as the long-awaited anointed one is a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father cannot help but love the child fathered by him. Revelation 12 and 11 says, By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their witnesses, they have become victorious over him, for they did not hold on to their lives, even under threat of death. 1 Corinthians 7 and 23, A high price has been paid for your freedom, so do not devalue God's investment by becoming a slave to people. My brothers and my sisters, those of us on this podcast listening tonight, if you have, through this message, seen yourself falling short, it is okay. All you have to do is repent, and you can be restored. But if you are not yet a member of God's family and you are ready to be made new, step one is to acknowledge, to admit that you are a sinner. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23 and Luke 18 and 33. Step number two is to repent. Repent means to feel sorry for having done wrong and to seek forgiveness. Turning away from sin, disobedience, or rebellion. Luke 13 and Acts 3 and 19. Step number three is to confess. Admit one's guilt. Take responsibility for your life by acknowledging sin, refreshing your life. 1 John 1 and 9, Romans 10 and 10. Step number four is to forsake, putting aside those things in your life that will hinder your walk with Christ. Isaiah 55 and 7. Step five is to believe, to place one's trust in God's truth. On who takes God at his word and trust in him. John 3.16, Romans 10, 9 through 10, 1 John 3 and 23. Step six is to receive. Receiving all the benefits offered by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John 1 and 12. Acts 17 and 11. Step number seven. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and 38. Baptism 
which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 3 and 21. You must be baptized for the remission of your sins. My brothers and sisters, and once again, those of us who are on the line on this podcast tonight, I sincerely hope that something was said this evening to move you. I sure hope and pray that something that you heard tonight will cause you to look and reflect on yourselves. God loves you. He is the reason that you need to love. He is the reason that you have hope, faith. You are here not to give up. You are here to keep going, to keep pushing, to keep reaching out towards the outstretched hands of Jesus. God loves you. God bless you. Have a great, wonderful evening. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my speakers on the show tonight, my special guest speaker, C.W. Burris, and my co-host, Isa Mullins. They both did an outstanding job. The presentation was wonderful because they were talking about what's in the Scriptures. We are concerned about what God's Word teaches, not what your opinions are, not what your feelings are. Our concern is what's in the word of God. And these gentlemen both did an outstanding job in their proclamations of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to continue to encourage you. Just tune into this radio show if you are a lover of God's word, because we are. I appreciate everyone who participated on the show this evening. What a blessing. It is my prayer that the lessons that were given on this show have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. On behalf of my co-host, Isa Mullins, Dr. Antherica Lane, Lou Gibber, and Kelly Fletcher, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.